Hi everyone, this is Sam Black with Drafting Archetypes, and today we're going to be talking about Gravity Giant in Wilds of Eldraine. So I don't know if it's normal to call like a pretty good common an archetype, but uh, I guess that's what I'm doing now, so uh, let me explain. As always, the notes are available to follow along at patreon.com slash draftingarchetypes. Also, I've linked them in advance in the podcast channel on my Discord, if that's more convenient for people. I think Grabby Giant is emblematic and integral to the opposite end of the spectrum from the deck that I talked about last week, uh, the like Rat Blast deck. I mentioned that if you have too much removal then your deck is structurally going to play a small game instead of a large game. And in that scenario, gnawing crescendo isn't the payoff that you're looking for. And when your draft starts to go that way, you want to pivot out of the like go wide aggressive deck into a small game grindy deck. And so to me, kind of the fundamental divide is which red four mana common do you want? Are you looking for edge wall pack because you want to be wide and have more objects and better pressure? Or do you want grabby giant because you want to get to a small game where both players are resource low, but you have a bunch of lands in play because you've been playing for a while. And if the board's stable and you have a bunch of mana and a grabby giant and neither player has a lot of cards in their hand, the player at the grabby giant is going to win. Uh, they can't flood out from there. They're going to be able to sacrifice extra lands or treasures to draw extra cards, and then they're going to bury their opponent. So grabby giant is a very slow card. Um, the thing that it does is it lets you spend three mana and another object to draw a card. That's only good when you don't have anything else to do. But if you can get the game to a stable point where you don't have anything else to do, then it wins. The way to do that is to kill everything that matters, everything that's larger than three than two power, basically, stuff that the grabby giant itself can't block. Or, you know, if you have a larger creature, then you can let them have a larger creature. As long as they can't get through, you're good. And then you just kind of ride your grabby giant to victory, which is more than most commons can offer. So having Grabby Giant available at common gives red decks with like a lot of removal and a plan to play a small game, meaning fewer objects around, more trading one-for-one -one resources, which the removal lets you do. It gives those, card, those decks a way to like guarantee that they win when they do their thing, which is actually pretty unusual historically for red, especially at common to have a card that's like that, that offers that much inevitability. So that's what's up with Grabby Giant and why I think that it's like a really important common to know about and know how to draft around and have access to because like you're like red and black and red open-ended like with treasure are both good decks or well, sorry, is a good deck, are good decks. It's all kind of murky. There are a lot of strong cards in the cluster of red cards that you want to play. And then if you have, like, you can be anywhere on the spectrum from aggressive to controlling and from wide to small, big games and small games, making extra objects and playing more removal. And 
knowing what the key payoffs are for the different places that you can be lets you navigate and prioritize both what's going to optimize the power of your deck and what the high leverage cards in a different archetype are so that you can prepare yourself to pivot early on. So if I'm drafting what I expect to be like a Rat Blast deck, I've started with like a Rat Catcher trainee and I'm trying to go wide, and then I get to a point where there's like a Grabby Giant versus say something like a Red Cap Thief, where neither one is all that good in the Rat Blast deck. They're both fine, but they're nothing special. The Red Cap Thief is probably a little bit better, especially if I happen to be on a relatively low three-drop version of the deck, which is unusual, or if I'm like particularly celebrant, uh, the ball, whatever, the two-drop that gets plus one, plus one, and trample when you celebrate, that would want Red Cap Thief. It's not that hard to imagine a spot where Red Cap Thief would be better for your gnawing crescendo deck than Grabby Giant would be. But if it's like late in pack one, middle of pack two then it's probably better to take the Grabby Giant in case you uh, the draft goes in such a way that you want to pivot into the other deck. If you hit like a three-pack run of premium removal being the best card to take and not seeing any of the like go-wide payoffs, you could easily end up falling into a spot where you naturally just pivot into the grindier deck. And knowing where your high leverage opportunities are to prepare yourself for the possibility that that could happen can let you navigate to a more flexible and stronger uh, deck later in the draft. So that's that's what's going on, you know, why this is important and how it relates to the other episode. Grabby Giant, cards that you want with Grabby Giant, any removal, all the, you know, cheap bargain removal is especially premium because it helps get the late game. Grabby Giant also loves card, other cards that make treasure, like Flick a Coin and Red Cap Thief. I mentioned that, um, like, the Rat Blast deck really doesn't want Flick a Coin because it's too slow and low impact. The Grabby Giant deck is all over Flick a Coin and Red Cap Thief because you have enough removal to answer the high impact stuff. And that means that, like, the smaller stuff is just going to be more relevant in a game. The smaller the game is, the more each individual little creature matters. And that means that it's more likely that you can attack with your Red Cap Thief or that your Red Cap Thief is relevantly blocking a Tutu. Um, and it's more likely that Flick a Coin uh, killing even just, like, a Rat Token or something, like, that that thing that it's killing was going to be damaging you. And then also, of course, the Grabby Giant lets you convert the treasure that Flick a Coin and Red Cap Thief are giving into cards. So that means that these cards are both good with Grabby Giant specifically, but also, and kind of more importantly, good with the cards that complement Grabby Giant and like the rest of the deck. So the more you're on the Grabby Giant side of the Grabby Giant Edgewall Pack divide, the more you want the like card advantagey, slightly more expensive, little grindier cards like Flick a Coin and Red Cap Thief, or you know any removal spell and any anything that's not just like a good aggressive card. So I'm talking about Grabby Giant as a red black card. That's it's not necessarily that. You know I didn't name this uh, this episode red black attrition. Um, even though that's often where it's going to be, I think. Grabby Giant is strongest there, but I want to talk about what's going on with Grabby Giant in other decks. So 
in red blue, for example, or in like bargain blue style blue decks that are playing red and can and do like Gravity Giant. Gravity Giant is playable there because Gravity Giant and Bargain Blue both really, really highly prioritize removal. And um, so like if your deck has a bunch of removal, Gravity Giant is a pretty good card to have access to. The reason that Gravity Giant is worse in those blue decks than it is in red black is you're only really ever going to activate Gravity Giant when you don't have anything else to do with your mana. And the thing that blue is offering those decks is really good card advantage that makes you not run out of stuff to spend your mana on, like into the Fey Court and hatching plans and to some extent like stopgap that costs a bunch of mana and replaces itself. Uh, quick study the more the, and like the uh, the aquatic apprentice that can get back your into the fake courts and quick studies so like the fur the more blue you are the less likely it is that you ever run out of stuff to spend your mana on and so grabby giant is never plan a in a blue deck plan a is removal card draw removal card draw never run out of like stuff to do but grabby giant is like a fine, you know, fillerish body that gives you some insurance if you happen to not like. If sometimes your card draw is going to be like two into the Fey Courts and two Aquatic Apprentices, and if you don't draw the first into the Fey Court, then you might not like find your card draw, and you could flood out with your like handful of removal. Grabby Giant offers some insurance that you're going to be able to like draw a couple of cards to find your card draw. So Gravity Giant like works in the cluster there, but it's not like an essential piece the way that it is if you're a non-blue attrition deck. And then with green, I think the deck tends to be a bit more proactive and aggressive. And also when it isn't, then you're more like going over the top and you're into the like big proactive space where once you get to the late game where you can start casting your Hamlet buttons and stuff, drawing an extra card doesn't matter so much because you're more likely to just have an overwhelming board and attack and kill your opponent. So all of the kind of like small ball grindy stuff that Grabby Giant is doing is just less likely to come up with green because you're more likely to be ending the game faster. And that can be true whether you're ending the game like early or late, you're still gonna just like the green green is gonna be contributing more finishers, where black is contributing more removal. Grabby Giant does have a place in red green, mostly just because it's a four power four drop. Like it's a fine rate, like efficient-ish stats, works with some of your cards that want four drops, but like you would always much rather have a ferocious werefox. But like it's not bad to have a grabby giant in your red green deck. And it still offers that like insurance that comes up sometimes, maybe just like ramping with the treasure matters sometimes, but it's not a premium card and it's not really going to be defining how you're thinking about your draft. It's just like an additional, you know, kind of like lower tier playable. Red white, I think Grabby Giant is a little bit better in that it's a little bit more impactful because I think red white is the most likely pair to run out of stuff to spend its mana on. And so Grabby Giant is offering like a pretty solid like fallback late game plan if your like first wave doesn't get there. But I think that in any of the decks other than Red Black, Grabby Giant is, uh, is usually offering insurance and a backup plan. 
where the red black attrition deck i think grabby giant is like part of your plan a like the thing that you are doing is building toward the situation in a game where grabby giant is going to take over and win the game so most likely talking about red black when i'm talking about grabby giant decks but it doesn't strictly have to be also this is a kind of red black deck that splashes very well right like this is a format that rewards splashing in general grabby giant itself provides treasure grabby giant uh and the removal around it like the other cards that make treasure and then because you're playing a long game control deck where you're going to have time to draw your mana and you have some treasures anyway and you have things that sacrifice artifacts prophetic prism becomes a pretty high priority and at that point you can splash things pretty easily and so the deck ends up having some kind of like structural similarities in the mana base to like afr journey to the forgotten realm or adventures in the forgotten realms uh red black treasure decks for anyone who played that format where the red black decks are just very easily able to splash good cards in other colors due to treasure um here it's due to treasure plus grotto plus prism so you're definitely gonna look to splash pretty liberally in your uh like red black grabby giant control decks certainly much more than you're looking to in your aggressive red black rat blast decks so that's another thing to keep in mind when you're thinking about pivoting between those two decks is that the red black deck uh or well the, the grabby giant deck is way more likely to want to splash if you find some powerful off-color cards that you'd like to splash you should kind of be in the mindset of looking for removal treasure makers and grabby giants rather than uh following any of the principles that i talked about last week similarly because this is a control deck it follows uh all the normal rules that control decks follow in terms of your control deck is much better the more bombs that you have, and your bombs are better the more controlling your deck is, assuming that by bombs we're just talking about like cards that can win a game by themselves, um, as opposed to cards that are like really, really strong and potentially maximized by being in an aggressive deck. Virtue of Persistence, for example, the Black Virtue, the two mana, minus three, minus three, sorcery, gain two, and then... Uh, seven mana debtors now effect return a creature from a graveyard to play every turn it's a fantastic like control card gives you a ton of inevitability if i am drafting red black and at any point in the draft i see virtue of persistence i am going to try to pivot as much as i can into this space i'm gonna start prioritizing removal more than i had been and uh i'm going to try to build my deck to play a longer game and see more cards to increase the chance that i draw that card and that the game goes long enough that that card can take over and then you know the same is true of any other just like very good late game cards uh the decadent dragon the 4-4 flying trample that it makes a treasure when it attacks and has an adventure to basically draw two cards from your opponent's deck is another just like powerful grindy card where if i have that i'm more likely to want to uh build a control deck just to increase the chances that i see and can use that card there will be some drafts where you play this deck and your deck is like basically all commons that's going to happen when you don't open bombs and so because you didn't open really powerful cards you end up spending your first picks on premium removal 
And then you're in a spot where you're like, well, what I have is a bunch of premium removal and I need to like figure out a game plan here. And then you like find some grabby giants and try to make it happen. But that version of the deck is going to be a lot weaker than when you start with a bomb. That's just the nature of drafting Control Unlimited. Your deck is way better if you have bombs because Control decks leverage bombs well. I think that's basically what I had in mind to cover here. Grabby Giant, best in Control decks that, uh, you know, are not, like, the less proactive you are, the better. Uh, The less other card draw you have, the more impactful your Grabby Giant's going to be. The more, like, strong, expensive rares you have, the more you want to try to be in this deck. The more good cheap removal you have, the more you want to try to be in this deck. If you start the draft with good, proactive, like, you know, like, strong, aggressive cards, usually, like, commons and uncommons, then you probably want to try to be the strong, aggressive deck, aka the, like, Rat Blast deck. If you start with uh, good um, late-game cards and removal then you're more likely to want to be the, like, grabby giant attrition deck. So, in a way, this is, like, two episodes to cover the two different sides of red-black, but again, neither deck actually has to be red and black, and neither deck should, like, think of itself as being restricted to that, and due to the way that, like, mana and splashing works in this format, you're often going to be, like, one of those with some other stuff incidentally there's no reason that your grabby giant deck has to be base red um grabby giant can be a splash in like a black white attrition deck for example and still offer a lot of the same stuff so that that's another like relevant thing to look out for is like anytime you have a deck that has a lot of removal and is playing like a bunch of like an attrition like a small game attrition plan Grabby Giant can be a good endgame, and it works fine on a splash, even though it's like a red activated ability, because you don't really need to use it more than once a turn, and it's trying to be there to win the late game, so it's a good late game card, so it's a good card to splash. That's how splashing works. You're more likely to be able to cast your stuff late than early. And there you have it. So I'm going to turn this over to chat for questions. As always, I want to thank my newest patron at patreon.com slash Crafting archetypes. So thank you very much to Grim. And if anyone else is looking to financially support me or the podcast, be sure to check out patreon.com slash drafting archetypes and see the benefits that are offered there and the tiers and all that stuff that you would expect on Patreon. Okay. Do I think Grabby Giant is one of the most flexible cards in the set? I mean, not really, in that like I think Grabby Giant can be played in aggressive decks and offers a good backup plan and, like, isn't a bad card in those decks. I think that, you know, like, this episode existing is about how to maximize this in a way that suggests that it's best in a relatively narrow range of decks. And so I think the most flexible cards are kind of the de- cards that have the flattest value add to a deck so like torch the tower candy grapple like generically good removal is going to be the most flexible in terms of offers the same rate in every archetype so uh yeah i i guess my answer to that question is no i don't think it's one of the most flexible but i do think that it's has applications broadly and is strong 
Um, so probably not splashable in tempo blue-white. Yeah, it, I, you're not really looking to add, you're not really looking to splash in aggressive decks to begin with, and certainly not looking to splash cards that are largely off-plan. Is there a tension between Vampiric Rites and Grabby Giant? They need different uh, fodder to sacrifice. I know you talked about Vampiric Rites in the Rat Blast episode. I think that they play reasonably well together because they both just like lead to the same kind of, like they both just grind well. And, you know, like your uh, Red Cap Thief kind of like gives you value while playing with either one. There's like some potential tension in like okay, well, if I'm trying to support Grabby Giant, I want Red Cap Thief, and if I'm trying to support Vampiric Rites, I want, like, Harried Spear Guard, or whatever he's called, the one one that dies into a rat. But, like, I think that it's more important that both cards kind of, like, offer this, like, late-game inevitability situation that plays pretty well in Grindy Decks. I guess there is tension in that they are best in different decks, right? Grabby Giant is best when your deck is full of removal spells. Vampiric Rites is best when your deck is full of creatures. So, yes, there's tension, but also I've happily played them both in the same deck because they both want to get to similar endgames, even if they're doing it with different cards. And sometimes you're kind of in the middle on which cards you have such that both work. How would you make a mana base for splashing when considering the red treasure cards? Would you look at the treasure makers as one whole card worth of additional sources of mana? Good question. And the answer is that it depends on how many cards you're splashing. If you're splashing like a single blue card that costs like a single blue mana, I guess it doesn't matter. If you're casting, like if there's just a single off color card in your deck and you can like play your treasures conservatively, like hold on to them for the like situation where you draw that card, then a treasure is basically a full source of mana for that card. You know, if you have drawn your one treasure maker and you draw your one blue card, you'll be able to play your blue card the same way that you would if you drew your one island and your one blue card. If you're trying to splash four blue cards, then you're like pretty likely to draw two of them and a treasure lets you cast one of them, but not the other. And then it's much worse than an island for fixing. So whether and how much you can count treasures as like sources really just depends on how taxed those sources are going to be. So treasures are really good fixing to like splash a single off color card in a two color deck, but like really bad fixing to like smooth out mana in a like balanced three color deck. Trying to think if there are any other cards that could stand in for Grabby Giant in this approach if you don't get the Grabby Giants. Definitely an important thing to be thinking about, right? Because, like, if you're drafting toward this and you happen to not see them, you need, like, a fallback plan. Like, even though it's a common... Like, the fact that it's a common means that you can expect to see it when you haven't seen it, but sometimes you're still not going to see it, and then you need to figure out what to do instead. I think, for the most part, it's just like, well... Once it gets late and you don't have them, you need to figure out a way to close instead, which means either pivoting to be more aggressive or I think the best one-to-one -one substitute is probably like Scream Puff, which is very, very different. Like it's just a big high impact finisher. Like it nets you an object, but if you don't have gra like Grabby Giant, that object isn't necessarily like a meaningful, like it's, it's not drawing you a card or anything. But, like, I think that 
when your when your deck is like okay i have a bunch of removal we're going to be like both low on resources now i have this creature that trumps other creatures and has like the ability to kind of like win a race against small creatures by making food that's gonna cover like we've gotten down to one thing this is my one thing this one thing can carry me to the end of the game so i i think at common if you can't find you know you could you could just like pivot into blue and uh you know find into the bay court and then you know that works with your like the reason that i was saying grabby giant's not as good with blue because it's less necessary because blue is doing that so when applicable into the fey court when you can't get into the fey court or when you can't cast into the fey court then scream puff when you can't do either of those then you're looking for uncommons so you're looking for collector's vault you're considering vampiric rights you might even be trying to play uh like dark bargain I suppose you can kind of like play some grim searches, but it's not quite the same thing. But uh, yeah, like basically I think that your red black deck wants to look to the like higher rarity uh, card advantage engines when you can't find grabby giants. Green provides theoretically good grabby giant fodder and food tokens, but it sounds like red green doesn't normally come into situations board states where the activated ability is useful. So that makes yeah, so I I agree that like the food helps fuel Grabby Giant and that's pretty nice and you can build some red green decks that like end up in Grabby Giant space a little bit more. For example, uh the other day I drafted a food fight theme deck that was red green that was fantastic at making food and treasure and not very good at putting a lot of power into play. That deck didn't have a grabby giant, but would, it would have been much, much, much better if it did. So th there are, certainly are red-green decks that can get more value out of grabby giant. But again, I think most of the time you want to be drafting red-green to be a bit more proactive, um, as covered early in my like first red-green episode. Do I see Johan as an analog in the blue-red version of this deck? I suppose it can be. Weirdly... I think it's a less direct replacement than Into the Fae Court, even though, like, Johan and Grabby Giant are both, like, four mana creatures that can, like, block well and give you card advantage into the late game. I might be wrong to be viewing Into the Fae Court as a more direct replacement, but I guess I just don't trust Johan quite enough to reliably, like, when when I'm out of stuff to do, like... You know, there could be like a three turn window where I just don't find a spell on top and it doesn't do anything where like Grabby Giant or Into the Fake Court is going to like snowball out of that situation. But I mean, they certainly have some things in common. If you had two each of Into the Fake Court, Grabby and Hatching, which of these card generators would I prioritize in blue red? Definitely the blue ones. Yeah, like Fake Court and Hatching are just so much more efficient at doing what you're trying to do. And with those cards, you should never need to, like, Grabby Giant's just too much mana to get a card relative to what those blue cards are doing. Does the priorities of bargain cards change in the Grabby Giant decks? Like Red Black, on the one hand, Giant provides treasure for bargain. On the other hand, the Giant can use the artifact tokens itself. So I think that most of the bargain cards just like don't really like it doesn't really matter how well you enable them like you enable them well enough and bargain matters little enough that like 
something like the difference in how good you are at splashing it because you have the adventure on grabby giant is just wildly unlikely to make a real difference in how you're evaluating the card but like if for some reason it's close like basically i think the only times that it's close are when it's a card that you really need to bargain and you're low on stuff that you can bargain with and in those spots grabby giant gives you a thing that you can bargain with and really by the time you're looking to activate grabby giant most of the time sacrificing a land isn't that much worse than sacrificing a different object so i guess i think grabby giant slightly makes like the bargain stuff better but that it's pretty unlikely to matter how many giant grabby giants would be too many so they obviously have diminishing returns because they have a like ability that doesn't involve tapping and you only want so many four drops and i mean i, I I can't imagine I would ever want to play five grabby giants, but I think that I could see wanting four when like that's my plan late. So I guess that's my line. How careful are you with grabby giant if that's your game plan, especially if you only have one? Uh, as careful as I can realistically be, like I'll play it after all of my other creatures, but I'm not gonna just like not cast it until I can play and activate it in the same turn. And I mean, I guess, if for some reason, like if my opponent has a bunch of cards and hasn't done anything and they miss a land drop at some point, it's like super obvious their hand is full of removal, then you can like adjust how careful and be more careful with it. But like for the most part, I would say, you know, play it last if it's easy to do that, but don't go super far out of your way to protect it. Because I don't think that most opponents like super highly prioritize killing it immediately. Would you say you value and cherish Grabby Giant and all of its virtues? Uh, I would say that I cherish feels a little strong, but I, I do I, I respect the uh, offerings of Grabby Giant as a card. And I suppose I'll leave you on that note. So thanks everyone for tuning in. I'll be back as always next week with another archetype. And it seems like people are liking the general structure that i've been taking for this set of not focusing on color pairs the uh episode that lost the archetype pull for this week was stockpile celebrant so i imagine that will be a possibility for next week but there may be other possibilities as well and that's it have a good week and i'll see you next week bye for now Prepare for light speed.